just buy one. Even if it's making $200 a month, who cares? Mm-hmm. Get the first one under your belt and you can go from there. You can always sell it. You can always fix it up and get a little bit more rents. You can always top grade and get better properties. Best ever listeners, before today's episode, I want to invite you to join us in Keystone, Colorado, February 20th through 22nd. It is the 2020 Best Ever Conference. And not only do I want to invite you to join us, I want to invite you to earn 15% for every ticket that you're responsible for selling should you join as an affiliate for the conference. Great way to earn money. And also, if you're planning on attending, great way to pay for your ticket, essentially. You get enough sales. So you can go to BEC20.com. And in the top left corner, it says earn 15% as an affiliate. You can click that, join the affiliate program, and you got all the resources that you need to share the good word about the Best Ever Conference in Keystone, Colorado. And we will be talking more about this on future episodes. But for now, go check out BEC20.com and that affiliate page. You can earn 15% as an affiliate, and we will see you in Keystone, Colorado. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. And with us today, we've got Josh Anderson. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Well, it's my pleasure and looking forward to our conversation. A little bit about Josh. He is the owner of the Anderson Group, which is a Nashville-based real estate brokerage. Combines his eight years of U.S. Army experience. Thank you for your service, sir. With his education and experience to deliver the most to his clients, as I mentioned, based in Nashville, Tennessee. So with that being said, Josh, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Absolutely. So I've been in the business since April of 2006. I'm in the residential side, but do quite a bit of multifamily as well. So I've been in the business for a little over 13 years, originally from Nashville. I grew up in Louisiana, went to LSU, and then came back in 2004 and worked at an investment bank for a couple of years and then decided to get my real estate license. Okay. And you have a brokerage, as you mentioned, your focus is on the residential side, but you do multifamily. What's a typical transaction for you? Most of our business is single family homes. With that being said, we're kind of building out our investor division and we've had it there for quite a while. But with Nashville being as popular of a city as it is, and with as much growth and as much building as going on, there's a lot of people in other markets where numbers don't really make sense in their market. So we've got a lot of people moving or at least buying here for the idea of buying duplexes, triplexes, quadplexes, and even small to medium-sized apartments. So a lot of them are doing 1031s. A lot of them are paying cash or just putting 20, 25% down. And so there's pretty active market as far as the multifamily side of things. What are some reasonable expectations if I were to call your brokerage and say, I'd like to buy a fourplex and I want to make sure it cash flows? How would you set my expectations? It's really digging on a lot more questions as far as what somebody's used to. It's not out of the realm to get kind of the 1% rule. So if somebody's buying a million dollar property, they're getting $10,000 of gross income. In cap rate terms, you can pretty easily get a six, seven, eight. And used to be a little bit better than that. With the amount of people that are coming here and buying properties, it's gone down a little bit. But 
it's not unrealistic to get a six or seven or eight in the middle Tennessee area. What are the areas of growth that you've seen so far in Nashville? With regard to areas? Yeah, like what sub-markets have growth? Residentially speaking, the suburbs, Brentwood, Franklin, Hendersonville, Mount Juliet, these areas are growing probably a lot faster than Nashville proper, but people still want their investment properties. And there's a lot of people that want to be near the kind of the trunk of the tree with regard to being close to downtown Nashville. So you're seeing a lot of these areas that historically have not been great areas that have transitioned pretty dramatically that are close proximity to downtown. So Germantown and East Nashville, they're all areas that are very walkable. People love the charm and character of the old houses. So we just listed a property. It's actually going live tomorrow in 12 South, which is right by Vanderbilt and Belmont and Lipscomb universities. And it's 130 year old Victorian. So that property will probably get a lot of activity and a lot of traction. So you're seeing a lot of areas that historically just weren't really great that are really being cleaned up and investors are coming in and flipping houses or renovating. And you've got more multifamily is also in those areas that are really getting cleaned up. Like old mid-size apartment complexes, anywhere from 15 to 50 or 60 units that are kind of the sweet spot that are getting cleaned up quite a bit. You used to work at an investment bank and then you got your real estate license What did you learn while working for an investment bank that you apply towards your business today? I think a big piece of it, I think there's a lot of realtors. It takes about two weeks to a month to get your real estate license, which is kind of a joke in my opinion. And I say that with regard to how big of an investment, it's not like people are going to Walmart every day and buying a house, but it's one of those things that I think that the investment background, graduating in finance and economics, really helps me on the numbers side of things. And being an investor myself really allows me to talk at a different level with savvy investors that a lot of realtors don't really understand cap rates or they don't understand the 1% rule. I mean, these aren't hard things to understand or learn, but I think that there's a lot of people that just don't really get it and don't know how to talk in the terms of investments, if that makes sense. It does. You said you're an investor yourself. What are you buying? Everything I own, outside of a couple of commercial lots that I own in downtown Nashville, I own all multifamily. So I kind of started out buying duplexes and triplexes, and I've got several duplex, triplex, a couple of quadplexes. And really, starting in 2018, I got really intentional and purposeful about buying apartments and kind of digging in and finding the sweet spot. I think there's too much competition in that 150 plus units. That's a different buyer. And I think they're hard to find. A lot of -of out-of-town investors are building those. So I'm kind of focused on about 10 or 12 units up to about 50 or 60 units. I've bought three apartment complexes since 2018. And I just got really purposeful about buying those. And I guess it was about 2014 or 15 when I started buying investment properties, which in hindsight, I wish I'd been buying them all along. So my motto to myself now is I'm always a buyer first. I'm a listing agent second. So that's kind of how my mind works. Did I hear you correctly? You've bought three apartment complexes since 2018? Correct. Let's talk about those three transactions. Let's talk about each one of them. What was the first one? So the first one was a 22 unit apartment complex and it was fully rented 
we paid, I believe, a million seven for that. And it was about 60, 65,000 a door. So I bought that with a business partner. And then the second one I also bought with a business partner and it was 30 units. The second one is about seven minutes from downtown Nashville. And the area is predominantly industrial and it's transitioning because industrial just doesn't make sense to be that close into downtown Nashville. So a lot of those industrial properties are being sold and transitioned into residential and or apartments. Mm. Sounds like a really good long-term hold. Yeah, I think they are. And then the third one, I actually haven't bought this one yet. I'm under contract. It's 17 units in the Donaldson area, which is near the airport. So I think that I was very purposeful in buying them. And I've since gotten really purposeful about finding them. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So really going into tax records and reverse engineering and really digging into properties that fit my parameters and criteria and really kind of starting to market to those a lot more. And I think it's just getting started. A lot of people don't have the money to do it. And I always tell people, find the deal. The money's easy to find right now. The money's just like too easy to find. So find the deal, lock it up, and then go find the investors. And if you want to syndicate it or however you want to do it, depending on the size, or go find a business partner, I think finding the deal is the hard, hard part right now. You mentioned going into the tax records and then doing reverse engineering. Will you elaborate on that? Yes. Before you even do that, I think that you really have to get dialed in on what your criteria is. And I think there's a lot of investors, maybe novice starting out, and they don't really know what their parameters or criteria is or should be. And then I think that they also waver off of those parameters once they figure out what they are, because they're so hungry to find a deal that they're willing to just do something that doesn't fit what formula makes sense for them. And I think that's where they mess up. So for me, reverse engineering, just really digging into areas, really digging into how do I want to go about finding these properties? So there's different software out there that you can use. For example, one of the guys in my office uses Reonomy and it doesn't have any different of information. It's just the way that it pulls the information that gets to you. You can find information based on the last time it sold when it was built, how many units, what MSA you're in, what city within that MSA, what zip code. So you can really kind of dig down deep into what you're looking for. For me, it's more about when I'm looking at investment properties and finding them, I'm not as worried about the area within Nashville, just because I know the area so well. For me, it's more about do the numbers make sense and does it cash flow? I think things will appreciate, but I don't think that there's any guarantee of appreciation. When you are looking for properties, what's your criteria? I try to keep it really simple. My criteria is I kind of look at the 1% rule and I just go, does it hit the 1% rule? So if I pay $2 million for it, is it bringing in at least $20,000 a month? Mm -hmm. And then from there, I dig in a little bit more and obviously looking at the leases and the rent rolls and all the maintenance and the costs. On some of these properties, the property taxes are really high. So it's kind of digging into all of that. But as a just general overview, I look at the 1% rule because it's easy. It's what works for me. And I know everybody's got different parameters, but that's just kind of what I've looked at as my initial. And then I really drive the area and determine how well I know it and whether I like it or not. So that would be my one parameter that I look at the most to see if I even like it or I send it on to investors. 
Okay, so 22 unit, 1.7 was what you paid. You did it with the business partner. How did you structure that with the business partner? On that one, we're just 50-50 business partners. On that particular deal, we did a Freddie Mac loan. and I'm sure you're familiar with it. It's a really great program. It's got to be a $1 million balance, and it goes up to, I think, $7.5 million. But it's a two-year interest-only, non-recourse. It's assumable. It's a really good loan program. You're putting 20% down. I've used that on two of the three deals that we've done just because it takes a little bit more time. There's some more hoops, I guess, to jump through, but it's been a really good loan program. If people that are listening to this aren't familiar with it, it's a great program. You're doing 50-50 with your business partner. Did each of you bring 50% of the equity? Yeah, we did 50% equity and we're 50% owners. I imagine you found the property, yes? I did. Okay, so you brought half the equity plus you found the property. So what else is your business partner doing, if anything? He's just a really great business partner. (laughs) Okay. On those particular deals for myself, I'm not taking anything as far as me finding the deal, just because we've done other deals together. If it was a different scenario, I would definitely do some kind of finder's fee or management fee. Or if I was syndicating it and it was a bigger deal, I would definitely set it up differently. He's been a business partner of mine for a long time on several deals. So we just haven't structured it differently. Now let's talk about the 30 unit. Same business partner? Different business partner. Different business partner. How much you two pay for it? We paid 1.9. Right now brings in 23 a month. And it's in pretty good condition overall. Actually, we're doing some updates on it. Like a per door, we're spending about 5,000 door to update it. And we're going to bring up the rents about 150 to $200 over the next six to 12 months on each one. So it'll probably be bringing in more like 25, 26 this time next year. And when you say 25, 26, you're saying 25, 2600, right? No, 26,000. 26,000. Yes. Got it. The management of these deals, the 22 unit and 30 unit, how does that happen? We have property managers on all of them. Same property manager, but they're managing it for us at 8%. And I think once we get to a tipping point of being at a certain number of doors, then I'll probably bring the property management piece of it in-house. But right now they've just done a great job. They take care of everything and we literally okay yes or no on certain things and they do everything. What's something that hasn't gone right on either one of those properties so far? I'll be honest. I'm going to knock on wood real quick. They've been amazing. We haven't had to do anything. There's nothing that hasn't gone right so far that we've anticipated. So maybe it's beginner's luck on apartments, but I'm certain that something will not go right. (laughs) Agency loan on the 30 unit? Yes. Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac loan on the 30 unit? Okay. And with the 17 unit... My guess is it's not going to hit that million-dollar threshold, so you're going to have to do a small balance loan, or what are you doing there? Yes, the guy that did the Freddie Mac loans, his bank is doing an in-house portfolio loan, and they're going to do a very similar structure. They're going to do an 18-month interest-only non-recourse. So it's going to be a similar setup, and we're putting 15% down. How did you meet your business partner who you're partnering up with on the 30 units? I met him in college, actually. He's from New Orleans and he wants to move to Nashville and he wants to get into apartment syndication. And he actually bought your best ever apartment syndication book. And I've been sending him deals and we just said, let's jump on this one. Let's do it. So he comes up to Nashville five or six times a year and still lives in New Orleans, 
but we've known each other since our freshman year of college. How did you structure it with him? That one's structured really the exact same. It's 50-50. We both did 50-50 on down payment equity. So it's all set up the same with him. Taking a step back, based on your experience, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? I think the the best advice ever is your first deal, you don't have to hit a home run. Just get started. Just do it. And I think that so many people are in analysis paralysis and they never really get started. I've got a guy that used to work with me. He's been talking about buying an investment property for five years and he still hasn't. And I was talking to him a couple of days ago. I said, man, just buy one. Even if it's making $200 a month, who cares? Get the first one under your belt and you can go from there. You can always sell it. You can always fix it up and get a little bit more rents. You can always upgrade and get better properties. And that's not to say go buy a terrible investment, but if you're going to do it, do it. If you're not, then sit on the sidelines. But you're going to look back in hindsight and go, damn, I wish I'd bought X, Y, and Z properties. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Do it. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, go to BEC20.com. Look in the top left-hand corner. You can earn 15% as an affiliate. You can join the affiliate program and participate in the conference that way and basically earn a free ticket to the conference, BEC20.com. What if you could earn 10000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Corino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more. Best ever book you've recently read? Best ever book I've recently read, I'd have to default say the one thing because it's such an easy book. Gary Keller wrote. What's the best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal I've done? The 30 unit. What's the mistake you've made on a transaction so far? Let's see, I lost earnest money one time. That wasn't good. Yeah, will you elaborate? I actually didn't lose it. It just got lodged underneath my seat in my car. But I had to tell my client that I lost their earnest money. So they had to cancel it and send a new earnest money check. That was well, my career. But it wasn't like... It that's didn't, not a big deal. <laughs> no, it didn't affect the deal. It was just one of those things I had to tuck my tail between my legs and own it. What's the best ever way you like to give back to the community? I have a nonprofit that every deal that I do, a certain portion of our commission checks go toward, and we go into the community and help fix up houses on a small scale, similar to Habitat for Humanity. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? They can visit my website at joshandersonrealestate.com. That's the best way. Well, Josh, thank you for being on the show and talking about the renewed focus with the apartment complexes you said since 2018 you've been focused on it 22 units 30 units good luck on the closing hope it goes well on the 17 units thank you for talking about the structure that you have why you pick those properties with the one percent rule how you think about it and how you've used your background in financing economics to further and, and really build your real estate business as well as being a successful investor. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have the best ever day. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Jeff. What if you could earn 10000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Corino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. 
Visit RALacademy.com to learn more.